it is never worth sacrificing yourself and your identity for other people. In fact, we need you to show up as yourself. We need your most authentic version of you in order for our society to have what it needs to be strong and connected. My name is Ingrid Silva. This is my deep truth. What is yours? My name is Ingrid Silva. I am so excited to be speaking with you today and learning more about your journey in life. Let's start with Nortagori. What is your deep truth? Hi, I'm so I'm so excited to to be here with you, Ingrid. Um, also, really appreciate that you are a ballerina because that was like a life <laughs> dream of mine, and I loved doing ballet when I was little. So I'm very excited. My deep truth is that. Our, our growth and our strength comes from being of service to ourselves and being of service to each other. Um, I really believe in living life uh, with a service mindset and doing things with intention. And I feel like that's just kind of the secret for me. That's amazing. So in three words, identify your authentic self. Hmm. Curious is the one that comes to mind first because I have always been and forever am curious. I would say curious, tenacious, and honest. I know. I think curious to me, it's the one that it definitely speaks out because I feel like every day we are learning something new. And being curious about it and learning and being open to learn, it's one of the best things, actually. How did you become a journalist and what that means to you? And how can you make a change with your voice? I have been into journalism before I even knew what that word meant. I, when I was three years old, went up to a microphone <laughs> at the mosque and I, apparently my parents tell me I was breathing heavily into it. Um, and I just always found my, myself at, in a position where I was able to amplify some type of story and I was able to ask people questions. And later on, probably when I was about 12 or 13, my dad told me that what you want to be is a journalist. That's the thing that you're obsessed with doing. So I just naturally was always very curious, always wanted to be asking questions. Um, I really kind of solidified that when I was 11 and I went to my grandmother's mosaic class and I asked every single person in the class um, what they're basically about their lives and an older mm -hmm. gentleman who was a World War II vet had stood up and in front of everybody said, uh, we've been in this class together for three months now and didn't know more than each other's uh, names. And now we all know each other's life stories. So thank you. And I remember realizing that like what I had done was something that brought people together. And that was something that was so important to me. And I understood the value of stories bringing us together. So um, it's the only thing that I've ever done. It's only any, any paying job I've ever had has always been uh, in journalism and it was uh, it was literally a, 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 a true purpose for me. Yeah, I bet that was a very beautiful moment, you know, because oftentimes we are in 
groups or we do things together, but we actually keep our individuality to ourselves. And most of the times these people don't mm. ask, we don't share our stories. And I mean, we all have beautiful stories to share that could definitely uplift each other. So yeah, that I bet that was a huge change to that group that you made in such an early age. Um, let's talk about your background growing up in Maryland, a child of an immigrant parent. How did this inspire your personal choice as a teenager to begin wearing your hijab and ultimately becoming the woman you are today? Mm. So I grew up never thinking I would ever wear the hijab. It wasn't something that I ever really um, cared to do. And because it has to be a choice, it wasn't something that my family ever really talked to me about um, because they they also knew that I didn't really want to. And the reason I didn't want to and the reason I had some distaste towards it was because I grew up in a very white conservative town. So I was I my mom was the only woman who wore hijab and I felt I had already felt different by having, you know, black hair and, and brown eyes. And that was something that I had struggled with um, this identity crisis. So I always hid my faith. And it wasn't until I was 15, turning 16 years old, and I had moved out of that town, and I was really struggling with my identity, and I wanted to just feel uh, a sense of strength and, and in who I was. And I saw that my mom and my sister, who was younger than me and still had put on the hijab bef even before I did, um, they were so confident in their decisions and who they were. And so I put it on just to test it out because I was like, what is this thing anyway? And my mom even said mm -hmm. to me, like, she she didn't think that I would keep it on, but she was proud that I was trying to find myself. But it, wa it wasn't something that was really important to them. Um, but it was really important to me to just do everything I could to find myself. And then I put it on. And a couple of weeks later, I got my first job at a, at a newspaper. And I realized maybe this is something that um, will help me find myself and find others in the stories we are telling ourselves. Yeah. Um, I bet that in a young age, by your choice was a big responsibility for you or must have been just uh, testing it out. For other people who are trying to find themselves or trying to find their confidence in their space, what would you share to them? What, what really helped you? I would say it's definitely a piece of advice that my mom gave me actually uh, not too long ago when I asked her mm -hmm. about how she felt when I had put on the hijab and she was sharing her story about her uh, journey with that. And she said to me, you know, like everybody has their shit. They, everybody has their own shit. Everybody has the things that they're struggling with, the things that they're insecure about. Uh, and so, so why should I compromise who I am? Why should I feel less than about who I am or the things that I believe in or the things that make me me um, when everybody else is going through their own thing and their own struggles? I'm, I, it, it is never worth sacrificing yourself and your identity for other yeah. people. In fact, we need you to show up as yourself. We need your most authentic version of you in order for our society to have what it needs to be strong and connected. So remember that every, like everybody else is, is going through their own thing. And so just focus on you and what makes you stronger and what makes you better. And also, you know, uh, realize that what people say about you and what people think about you is none of your business. And when I realized that and I understood that 
what the people's thoughts and opinions about who I am as a person was really a projection and a reflection on them. It had nothing to do with me. I, I stopped, I just like, it went away. I stopped thinking about, I stopped thinking about that and it made it a lot easier to maintain a strong sense of identity. Yeah, for sure. I think individuality, you know, the world individual, we are all so authentic in our own skin and thoughts. And it's so beautiful to preserve that and not try to fit in. And why fit in? Mm. Because, you know, each one of us has a message, um, has a personality. It's just so beautiful to see the individuality. So, yes. Your mom gave you the best advice and I can deeply <laughs> um, connect because my mom did the same thing. When I first came to New York, I was very young. I was going to be like 19 and I auditioned for this dance mm. company. And at first it wasn't like, oh my gosh, my dreams to go to New York. It was never like that. And then once mm-hmm. I got here, everything was just so new and so much happening. And I oftentimes were like, hey, I want to give up. I don't want to dance anymore. You guys are not here. I don't think I can do this. And like your mom said, you know, um, it's your journey. My mom was like, it's your journey. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to fight forward. You have to embrace changes. Nothing is going to be the same as when you have a family around, but you got this and you are going to bake the best of it for yourself. Don't ever worry about anyone else and I think that resonates with me for sure and it it definitely changed my view so going back to your journalist area I want to know if there is anyone that inspired you uh, taking on the responsibility to not only share your personal deep truth but share other people's deep truth and Mm. you have such a way of connecting with people because I'm in love Um, I was just watching some of your um, IGTVs. You have a, such a beautiful way of connecting with people, whether in documentary or a podcast and building a level of trust through storytelling. So was there something that sparkled to you back then? Mm, well, thank you so much. It's so kind of you. I honestly realized that if storytelling is what's going to make me feel less alone, and and hearing people's stories is going to make me feel less alone, then I think that it is not only a tool to make people feel less alone, but it's also a tool to make people feel seen, heard, and valued. And that's always been uh, my intention, is I want in every story, in every conversation, for others to feel seen, heard, and valued, and for my platform to be a place for them to feel properly represented, to feel like their story is one that has power to inspire other people and to change other people's lives because that's the truth. I think that I really believe that everybody has a story worth telling and worth sharing. And it doesn't mean that you Mm -hmm. owe people your story, but it does mean that our natural curiosity and the questions that we hold within us about others are, are sometimes with good intention, the thing that is going to unlock something in ourselves or unlock something in our community building. And there's so much power in that. There's so much power in that. And it is so simple. Sometimes it just starts with asking someone to tell you a story. And I think that the simplicity of it, and um, once you get past the nerves and once you get past getting in your own head and realizing that people want you to be curious about them, they want to feel Mm -hmm. like they they matter. And so um, I, I realized it was just like this, it was this incredible experience of just, uh, virtual hugs in, in, in reference to the live conversation, virtual hugs and just a space for us to 
literally simply being ourselves was a was a form of being of service to others. And I think that's just really profound. Yes, for sure. And I mean, you know, embracing the local journalism and community news stories. There are so many people in our communities who have beautiful stories that can definitely change perspective and views. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, that's the thing is like, we have to be able to learn from people who have different experiences and different perspectives. Otherwise, we're not diversifying how we're gaining knowledge. That's very true. As a storyteller and journalist in our world, it's important to not only connect with people through multiple vehicles, but also appeal to be different ways in which people prefer to receive their information, social media, podcast, journalism, and et cetera. Talk about starting your own production company at your service in your podcast, The Process, and I feel there is a good explanation behind both of these names and even better explanation for why you decided to start your own production company. Mm. Can you share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So At Your Service was birthed uh, because I was doing so many different multifaceted things around storytelling. So I was producing a podcast, producing documentaries, doing these interviews, doing these live interviews, doing speaker series and speaking tours and writing and, and just so many different things. And and then we also began to start consulting for brands. So um, I would start working with brands on their storytelling and their messaging and how to uh, earn people's trust, which was like a huge thing, especially right now. And so we were doing all of these things and we wanted to keep it pretty streamlined. And we realized that all of the things that we were doing were all different parts of the experience of story. And the, and the tagline of At Your Service is the experience of story, um, because that is really what we build out. And the name At Your Service comes from um, a this retreat that I did, the spiritual retreat that I did, where I was going through a really hard time while I was filming a documentary on the sex trade and it was really, really hard. Um, I needed to take some time to just take care of my heart essentially. And yeah. I did this two week retreat and um, the people there were just so loving and so beautiful. And um, one of the things that a lot of the, the teachers or the people there would say was at your service, like just, they would get you a cup of water and like, you'd say, thank you. And they would say at your service and their, their entire mindset and framing um, was around service being an honor and service being a way of loving and connecting with people. And I realized that my entirety growing up uh, in my childhood, we had always done things with a lens of service. So my family has a foundation that we have called ICU Foundation, and it is to alleviate local homelessness. And that was something I've, we've mm -hmm. been doing since I was 12 years old. So we've always had um, kind of this abundance mindset of when you are of service to others and yourself, you are always uh, surrounded in abundance. You, there's so much around you. And at your service basically became like the intention of the company. And so we thought it would be the perfect name. And it's something that I co-founded with my husband, who is also my manager and was also, uh, I, I met him through clothing line and nonprofit. Um, and so we had been working together and he so comes from a background of a service mindset. So it just, it was perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Definitely. It's a whole, you know, um, a different perspective and view. It's really important that, um, your work, I I could say that 
as an activist has been definitely speaking out and bringing um, diversity to the table. You are opening eyes of so many and also questioning, you know, why? Why does it have to be that way? Why we are not open to new ways? And we all should be learning, right? I totally agree with you. So with everything that it's been happening in the world, it's so important to offer support and promote positivity. What is one way, big or small, you promote positivity and support? One of my favorite things that I like to do is called the five-minute favor. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do this in my own personal life, but I started sharing it on social media. And the reason I got social media many years ago, um, because I I was kind of later to being on – all of the sites. I actually used to use my mom's Facebook when I was in high school and then she like kicked me off and was like, you need to get your own. And I just didn't, (laughs) I wasn't really feeling it in the beginning, but I wanted to uh, create this thing called good deed opportunities. And I thought that if Mm -hmm. we started building a platform and a conversation on social media and we um, gave people the opportunity to do something good, that it was exactly that it was an opportunity and it was like reframing that. And so that's how I started using social media. So, um, now sometimes I'll do this thing called, um, five minute favor and I will have people in my community. Like when I feel like I'm really busy and I can't, that I don't have much to offer at that moment. Um, I will allow, like I'll, I'll facilitate basically my community doing five minute favors for people, for each other. And I get, so I literally just got a message yesterday from um, someone who said that the five minute favor changed their entire life and they are on this like really new life journey. And I was just like that sometimes that is literally all it takes. Like, and I, and I read about the five minute favor a while ago and it was, it's just this concept that if, if there's something that you can do to help someone and it takes less than five minutes, if you have that time, then just do it because you never know what it's going to do for other people. So we do certain things like that. I also have an activity that I do called if you really knew me. Um, and these are very mm-hmm. intimate activities where we we do a lot of bridge building and connectivity and uh, create spaces that people can are celebrated for who they are and showing up uh, no matter what it is that they're going through. That's beautiful. So basically, you are creating a community with lots of empathy, love and support, you know, um, I I love just the five minute favor because oftentimes we think of helping each other. But for some people, you think it's like, oh, I'm doing an obligation. Oh, it's going to take too long. Why do I need to do this? And it's it's just a simple gesture, you know, that can mm. definitely change other person's life. I mean, absolutely. And that I, I have people, I have things, gestures, simple gestures that have changed my entire life. So I, it's powerful. Yeah, it's definitely powerful. So what's going on in your life right now? Um, we've been going through COVID and its elections and we had the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, how this whole pandemic craziness, it's going through your world. So when all of this started, the pandemic mm-hmm. and everything, um, my husband said something that has always stuck with me. And he said, we all need to start thinking about why did this pandemic in this moment in time happen to you personally? What in your Mm -hmm. life, like what is the reason that this needed to happen to you? And it wasn't um, in a way of, of, of making yourself feel like, you know, everything revolves around you. It's realizing that this world, like 
this world is so big and so small at the same time. And so if, if you are, if you made it to planet earth right now, you are important. You have purpose. There is a reason that you are here. So we have to ask ourselves, why did this moment in time, this transformational moment in time that is going to be uh, recorded for the rest of it's going to impact the rest of our, our future of our, our, our living future, at least, why did it happen to you? And for me, I had, I've found different answers to that. So many different answers to that, but I've done a lot of self work in this time where I've shed mm -hmm. many, many layers. I've gone through a lot of, of, of peeling back, peeling back, peeling back. And I found myself more refined in a place where I and more clear about how I can be of service to other people. So I started doing a live show called At Your Service Hour, and it was basically curating and facilitating conversations that essentially um, are what I believe my community needs right now, what they need to be hearing from, what are the things that are going to give them hope and light. Um, and I've just made these commitments to uh, amplify these stories, I'm also working on certain, uh, other, a couple, few other series behind the scenes. We have uh, season two of The Process coming out uh, later this year. And I am working on doing different workshops and keynote speeches for corporate companies that are really committing to figuring out what their story is and figuring out how they can uh, maintain diversity and inclusion versus uh, what I think usually happens, which is diversity and exclusion. And we are using story at the intention of all of that. So I've just, I'm, I'm an ongoing uh, journey right now, but it has been so clarifying to see how story can really be healing to people during a time of need. I mean, especially right now, story has been healing to so many who have, have lost, you know, their family mm -hmm. members, close friends, or some people who can't go to see their family members. I mean, I haven't been able to see my mom this year and I was really excited to see her. But um, yeah, definitely finding that common ground, you know, the empathy mm. to each other's um, living moments. And to end our conversation, what advice would you give to people struggling with personal authenticity who have not yet discovered their own deep truth? Mm. I would say... I would say, I would go back to what I mentioned earlier, which is ask yourself what is holding you back from living in your purpose, from living authentically. Uh, I believe that we are all very familiar with what our purpose is, and we have been for a very long time, even if it's not very clear to us right now. The formula that I have for that has always been combining your skill sets and your talents with the causes that pain you. So for me, that those causes include things like sexual violence, misrepresentation mm -hmm. of subcommunities in America, and my skill sets and talents are storytelling. So I combine those things and every story that I tell usually has some one aspect of that in the intention of it. And by committing to that, I've learned more and more how to choose the things that actually I'm actually aligned with, how to um, show up as myself and not question the things that I do or who I am when it feels so natural to me because of what society may have told me. And I would also tell that person that 
the thing that you are insecure about, the thing that you feel makes you weak or makes you vulnerable mm-hmm. is almost always like your superpower, or your secret weapon. It's the thing that actually makes you strongest. It's the thing that gives you perspective. It's the thing that's going to allow you to connect to other people. So there's that story, that that pain that you're carrying from an experience. Look towards healing that experience. And then once you have healed from that, know that your growth is so important for us to learn from. And it's going to be so important for people who come across your life to learn from. I really believe when we are open and we are vulnerable, um, we carry people's pain with us and we shower. Mm-hmm. It's easier for us to shower them in love. And I, I really just believe that we should, uh, we should all continuously grow and heal together and, and being vulnerable and sharing our stories is a huge part of that. Yeah, and you mentioned something that it's so important, the vulnerability. Um, we are often so scared to be vulnerable. And we always want to appear so strong that we got everything, that we have everything together. But we are in a learning process, right? Like, why do you mm. think people are most often scared to open up and be vulnerable? I think people are... Uh, nervous about opening up and being vulnerable because people fear judgment. They fear um, people changing the way that they think about them. But like I said Mm -hmm. earlier, what people think about you is none of your business. Um, And more often than not, that thing that you are afraid of sharing with other people, uh, some of the people that you know are also either have or are going through it too. And so there's a way for us to health, like in a very healthy way, um, share our stories and, and heal together. And I also think that people are afraid that it's going to impact their livelihood. It's going to impact their career trajectory, their relationships with their families, but it's your responsibility to, uh, disappoint others to prevent disappointing yourself. That is something that I learned from Glennon Doyle. And Mm -hmm. it is, like you have to show up for yourself as yourself. Like the world needs you as that. It doesn't need, they, it needs you as your blueprint. It does not need you as a carbon copy of what you think you're supposed to be. Your blueprint is way more valuable. It's priceless. It's the thing that um, is going to allow us to continue pushing culture forward and society forward. And so it's just know how important it is to show up as yourself and know that what people say about you is none of your business. Yeah, and that's very powerful, and I will definitely take that for myself, too, because, you know, there is so much happening in the world right now, and being yourself is actually our deep truth, you know, who we are. Never change mm-hmm. for anyone, never worry about what other, pe- what other people think about us, and just be powerful in our own way, and finding our what makes us powerful. I would like totally. to thank you so so much for talking to us today. It's definitely an enlightenment moment to hear um, your thoughts and how amazing and beautiful changes you have made and opening spaces for people to see and be and feel empathy for others. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ingrid. This was such a pleasure. I appreciate you so much. <laughs>